to the show Brain Health Unchaining Your Pain. I'm super excited. It is Mark Jenkins on the show. Mark, welcome. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm really super. It's just amazing to have you here. I'm obviously here in the UK. You're over there in the US in California. Is that right? Yes, ma'am. I'm in California. Yeah. California, great. So we're obviously slightly different time zones, but that's all cool. We'll work it out. So I just before we start, could you just introduce um, yourself to the audience and just let them know who you are, what you do, and who you help? Okay, yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, my, my name is Mark Jenkins. I'm a celebrity trainer. I'm 51 years old. I've been training people uh, professionally since 19, um, gosh, 1993. <laughs> <laughs> 1992, 93, a long time uh, training people. I've trained the likes of uh, Diddy, Mary J. Blige, Beyonce, LL Cool J, Buster Rhymes, Calvin Klein, a slew of people throughout my 30 years of uh, training. And, um, you know, I feel uh, that my goal is to share the message about how fitness can change your life. And um, totally took me from a life of obscurity in the military to... Um, training Fortune 500 CEOs and uh, celebrities and how you can empower yourself uh, with exercise. Amazing, amazing. And I know you've just got a really uh, deep, exciting story to tell. So I'm really excited to explore it from a real a brain health perspective because obviously our brains are attached to our bodies and people often forget absolutely. that our brains run everything. And so, yeah, it's going to be exciting the body conversation. The absolutely. Ex exactly. So because this show is all about brain health and unchaining your pain i'm really curious to know what does bre optimal brain health mean for you for me optimal brain yeah. health is the um ability for me to be able to recognize what my issues are uh -huh. you know number one not to just think yeah. it's normal behavior <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think a lot of times people miscount you know what i mean or, or discount you know uh, 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 acting out on trauma or compartmentalization on, um, you know, as everyday normal behavior. Yeah. And, um, I think I've been uh, guilty of that in the past, definitely. And <laughs> number two, uh, once I recognize it, to be able to take a, some type of uh, action. Mm -hmm. So so it doesn't, I don't want my, um, my um, fail-safe mechanisms to come in on actual situations when I should be making other decisions. So the okay, one is so recognition, the yeah. two is not to let it impede me in my future uh, actions. Those are, And then that, to me, is optimal brain health because it's always yeah. going to be, I think, some type of issue that everyone's mm -hmm. dealing with. But the key is to be able to recognize it, one, and two, is not to let it spill into your relationships or how you deal with people or your, your, your overall outlook. I think that's important. Yeah. I think that's really key, isn't it? Because sometimes people don't realize that they've got this little program running in the back of their mind and by not being aware of it, by not being aware of the past trauma that we've experienced right. and, and how that affects our everyday behavior. If we don't bring that to our conscious mind, then it can kick in subconsciously without us even realizing it. And then suddenly we're, we're in a reactive mode rather than preventative mode or or or, or proactive mode um, and that can cause us huge friction in our lives as i've as i personally found out myself too so so i'm really 
curious to explore this from your your life perspective and I know you've been on an amazing journey so I just want to could you tell us a bit how your story started when you were a kid um way back when you were living in Brooklyn uh my story in, in Brooklyn you know I uh my dad died when I was two so I was uh, -huh. uh my mom took me to dancing school so you know my sister and I was two years older than me uh, I did tap, jazz, ballet, modern, gymnastics, and was thinking about trying out for Broadway shows and all of that stuff, you know, because, you know, my dad not being there, my mom not knowing anything about sports, and I'm sure it was just cheaper <laughs> just to take me to dancing school, you know what I mean, with uh, dropping me off with my sister or whatever. So I didn't grow up learning any type of uh, sports, mm -hmm. so, like playing basketball oh, you thought or football sport. or anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just dancing, and then, you know, uh, you know, maybe when I got to junior high, I started getting teased because, uh, you know, I didn't know any sports one. And I was, and I told, I made the mistake of telling somebody I was dancing in Brooklyn. And that was a big mistake oh, okay. for my safety and caused me a lot of bullying and problems and all of that stuff. Oh. And uh, I stopped dancing. And then subsequently, you know, my family being West Indian, I'm from Antigua, my family. Yeah. You know, maybe a year and a half later, I had a 45 inch waist. Cause you know, I just Oh my goodness. Right. So how old were you then? How old uh, were you 16, in that? 17. Okay. And what, what was the real trigger for you to, you know, obviously you went from, presumably you were pretty fit as a dancer. Yeah. You know, when and you were I dancing and then. Getting bullied and. Um, the bullying. Uh, having a the gut. They used to call me sucking the gut in high school to and smoking cigarettes oh. and drinking beer, just trying to, you know, fit in. And trying to fit time, in. Unbeknownst to me, being depressed, you know? Yeah. Because and do you know is, when that is, really started? When did you, when did that real, really, can you uh, remember the day it kind of started or was it just a gradual? It was a gradual. Thing. Yeah. It was, as I found out, I, I wasn't fitting in, you know, it just, yeah. Kept, and then girls come into play and, you know. Yeah. yeah. And so you just, you just ended up getting depressed and you started eating and. Eating and drinking and smoking and, you okay. know, not being interested in school. And, you know, one day, um, because, uh, you know, you had to run home to keep your sneakers on your feet back then. So every yeah. day was a trial just to keep your sneakers on your feet in the early 80s in, in Brooklyn. It was a, yeah. was a battle. <laughs> in, so, in so, so then uh, I, I ran past the, uh, I was going past the uh, military recruiter and I said, man, you know what? If I join the military, I could get in shape, learn how to defend myself and take the financial burden off of my mom who uh, yeah. sent my sister to Penn State and bankrupted herself. Oh, wow. Okay. And, um, I went to the uh, recruiter and I took And what age were you then? Uh, 17. 17. Okay. I scored, I scored real high on the ASVAB test, you know, and uh, the Navy guy goes, he goes, yo, man, you know, they got McDonald's on the aircraft carrier. If you join the aircraft carrier, you know, you get, uh, you, you get McDonald's, man, you get to eat. And I was like, where they got McDonald's? And I was going to Navy <laughs> just like that. He saw me coming a mile away. There's, there's no McDonald's in the aircraft carrier, guys. Little did you know. Yeah, yeah, there's none. There is none. And when I got there, they sent me all around the ship to the looking uh -huh. for the McDonald's, but it was there's none there. They just sent there's me around the ship for two hours, laughing at me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. No one told me until I got to the ship. Interestingly <laughs> enough, because I kept telling people, I said, "Man, I can't wait to get on the ship and get to the McDonald's." No one told me for like a year in the military. They just kept, they just went along with. Just it. kept no it who, quiet. No matter who yeah. I spoke to. Yeah, we had we. Yeah, we, I remember a story my, from my past, not from a military perspective, from kayaking, where we had a guy who thought we had to have a passport to go from England to Wales, which you didn't <laughs> need. So we hid him in a coach 
uh, and, and did the same drill on the way back. And he, and he only found out that uh, that there was no passport control when he got home and told his parents. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't part. I was too young to be part of that. It was uh, another. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So, so tell me, how did you um, get to the? You know, obviously you're 17. You're you're overweight, and you you choose to join the military. Tell me what happened from the training program. Well, how did that cha change you? Yeah, it was fortuitous that I joined the Navy boot camp because that's the easiest one, if not okay. the It might be a tie between because I was so out of shape. And uh -huh. I was literally last on every run. Uh -huh. You know, I couldn't do 10 push-ups when I was in there. But, you know, I, I just wouldn't quit because I, yeah. I really didn't have anything else you to wanted back McDonald's to. on the ship. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted the McDonald's. So I, I didn't quit. I, I made it out. You know, I lost a lot of weight in boot camp, but I was very flabby, you know. I had, uh -huh. big, I had big man boobs, and I got to my school in Meridian, Mississippi. This is mm -hmm. 1988, mm -hmm. so they sent you to school. So we went to our school to learn about the F-18 and whatnot, you know, based on, uh -huh. you know, what you pick, you get a trade, and then you go to your yeah. school and learn it. You know, sure. you yeah. So I'm at the school, and uh, at that time, uh, they had a sign on the base saying that we were responsible for our own safety because it was KKK outside of the school in Meridian, Mississippi. Ah, you know, just to put it in perspective for people so they can understand, like, it's 88, how, how, how times have changed mm -hmm. and they have not changed mm -hmm. at the same time. So, uh, you know, I'm in my school. I see a, a buff guy. I walk up to him. I say, hey, man, you know, I don't know anything about working out. Can, you, can, can I work out with you guys? You know, he shows me how to train. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I start working out, reading books, magazines. I get to be... 22 inch arms, 250 pounds, 29 wow. inches by my second year in the military. I had a friend of mine who was overweight. I trained him and then uh -huh. I became the go-to guy for the overweight people in the military. And wow. that's pretty much how I started uh, training people. Uh, and it was a life-changing experience. I was able to look people in the eye. I was able to date and get girls. I was seeing the world, but this is all uh -huh. during the Gulf War. So yeah, I, sure. I did uh, maybe... Uh, three years or two and a half years sea time out of the four years I was in there. So uh -huh. a lot of time being in the Gulf. So uh, I didn't want to continue in the military. I got yeah. out, but I knew I wanted to stay in shape. So I took all of my money and I got this incredible gym membership at the best gym in New York City. And this gym happened to be housed by, you know, it's right in this complex and it was Motown Records right next to it and Disney right next to it and all these other yeah. companies, fashion companies. And um, I was working in the post office because my military time continued. Yeah, okay. Right, and they were asking, and, uh, and uh, I told my, complained to my gym manager, I said, hey man, this is size discrimination. I'm breaking down much more trucks than everybody else, but I'm getting paid the same money. One day I complained to my gym manager. He said, Mark, you know, you're so cool. I'll give you a job, go get certified. You know, so I became certified a trainer and I got a job uh -huh. in the gym that I was a member in. Yeah. So I became a trainer there and, um, Unbeknownst to me, I started training people who were in high-level executives, and one thing led to another, and I started training them for free in order to get a free lunch. And sure. in the free lunch, I'd ask them how to structure a company. If you mm -hmm. were a trainer, how would you do it? And they would tell me. Yeah. <laughs> and I implemented it, and it took me maybe, I guess that was by 93, 94, uh -huh. took me living in the projects for, uh, until 2000 to reach my business endeavors and be able to get out the projects and work for myself as a personal trainer. Wow, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and so I'm kind of curious around the mindset piece that shifted for you 
um, when you were 17, 18, when you went to that transition with the military, what would you say were the like the three core principles that you learned that maybe you didn't have in your toolkit uh, when you were when you were you know sixteen years old? What was that that shift that well, happened that made you attention you know, to one detail? Of those way? Yeah, yeah, I would say one is that they keep saying it over and over again in the military. In the beginning. Attention to detail. Attention to detail. <laughs> 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 so being very yeah you hear, you hear it a million times so you know i think they they, they bang that into your subconscious the attention to detail part uh -huh. um and um i think the uh second lesson that i learned is it's toughen up because i was a total mama's boy you know oh okay and, uh, I, I didn't even make up my own bed you know i didn't even know how to make up uh -huh. a bed when i joined the military so my uh, okay I'd wake up, my bed would be on the floor, tossed all over the place, you know, when I came back from my doing, you know, every morning, I didn't even know how to make up a bed. So it took me quite a long time to learn how to properly make up a bed, totals mama's boy. So sometimes mm -hmm. you just gotta, you know, you gotta toughen up. And I, and I think, um, you know, you're in that environment and you take it to the extreme because everybody's acting tough and then you start compartmentalizing. So I thought as a- So as you a were skill, comparing yourself to a, to a new, no. Yeah, so it was a skill and a liability that I, that I acquired at the same time. I was yeah. yeah, yeah, because that, <laughs> that can lead to not speaking to people about problems when you have to. So you got okay. to selectively toughen up. Okay. You, know, you got to toughen up when situations get rough, but not so much where you're not seeking help when you really need mm -hmm. it and to recognize the two. And what would you, you know? say you didn't ask for help on that you wish you had done more of? during that time because I feel there's something in there where maybe you you kind of you know we get these people that you know they're the really tough guys or, or girls on the outside but inside they're they're quite fragile and they're quite vulnerable what would you say that you you could have asked for more of maybe from a mental or emotional you know, just, perspective just, I, I, me personally i won't even say yeah. we i just didn't have the knowledge back then to be able to recognize that's why i said the first thing was being able to recognize mm -hmm. that something is abnormal you know i'm mm -hmm. 17 i'm in the military with grown men you know, role models, some mm -hmm. uh, built than me, a lot of them teaching me how to work out, a lot of them teaching me equipment, working on million dollar yeah. aircraft. You know, I'm thinking it's normal behavior what they're doing. <laughs> or, or, or what would, you know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah. a lot of it, you don't, you don't, you don't really realize it. So the, the, the big thing, I think a little bit, the big difference between then and now is that even kids are better informed. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes better informed than the adults when it comes to mental health and mental wellness. Yeah. So as a seven, an average seventeen-year-old now will probably be able to recognize. So what did you? You mentioned that you've suffered from depression. How did you deal with that depression? What were, What were well, the? You know, once I started working out and um, for me feeling better about myself and getting in shape, it, mm -hmm. you know, it it it, it, it abated for me. You know, mm -hmm. that was my, that was the thing that I wanted to keep on going. I love to get in the endorphins after working out. Mm -hmm. I like to, I like the fact that um, I could see physically what my work uh, measured out to. I could see the muscle growing. Sure. I could see myself get leaner. The instant, yeah. and I could, you know, I could, uh, I could run. I could use my body again. Like I, did yeah. when I was dancing. I couldn't, I wasn't that great a dancer anymore because I was like this, but <laughs> I could, uh, <laughs> I could use my body again. It, 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 in other ways you know so that was cool 
Cool. Yeah, so that, so that took away a lot of the, uh, the depression. And you know, I was in a, I was in a whole new world. I was in the Philippines, Singapore. You know, seeing on yeah. the aircraft carrier in uh, in in war. So you yeah. know, at, at 17, 18, it was just a, you know, like wow, you know. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, just a whole, whole new time. world for you. Yeah, it was a whole new world. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had the responsibilities, uh, and yeah. I was in charge of things. Yeah. So, you, so you had to level and up. Really. Listen to me. So I had to level up. You know, because you're a grown man at that point. You're getting treated like yeah. a man. You know. Yeah. And what? So, based on your, you know, your knowledge now, what what advice would you have given to yourself at sixteen when you started? uh the drinking and the and the excessive eating and the uh, everything else that went with it what advice would you have given to you would you give to yourself if you were to go back uh to find somebody to talk to about it uh-huh you know and to and to be honest because a lot of times uh because my mom uh she would send me a therapy or find therapist but i just wasn't honest at that age with the therapist it's, it doesn't work okay and <laughs> You're just in there telling stories as a kid, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. So, um, really, to, to open up, I think that would be the biggest thing. And what, and what do you, do you think? Was it just the uh, eating and the and the drinking that was the outflow of of your of the of your state of mind, or or were there other? You know, did you have anger? Were there other uh, yeah, signs I from? I would, I would say I had some anger. Um, uh, I would I would say behavioral in school. Looking back mm -hmm. at it, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And um, you, you, I know you mentioned very early on that you that your dad um, died when you're when you're only two. Did did you manage to deal with that through exercise or? You know, later on after I got out of the military, um, maybe 1996. Mm -hmm. You know, while I was in the trenches, really trying to build my career up, mm -hmm. I had this one client and um, I was training him one day and we started talking about therapy. I, I think I was telling him a, a military story or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Mark, you know, you know what I think? He goes, and I was like, what? He goes, I think you should go to my therapist. And I was mm -hmm. like, really? And he goes, listen, I'll pay for, um, uh, why don't you train me for therapy? And... Um, I started training him and he paid for my therapy and, wow. had, and, and the guy was like a, you know, multimillionaire with the yeah. top five therapists in the world. Yeah. So <laughs> I was able to, uh, much later on. Okay. Get into therapy and, and talk about these things. Talk about it. And, and I think uh, it's, and, and, he, and he, he even took me, it took, he even took me a while in, in the therapy. Yeah. You know, because I was just so habitually uh, into compartmentalizing and not exposing yeah. any type of weakness. Yeah, know, to sure. Anybody. It's, it, took, it took a while just to even be able to um, to open up in a session, you know. Mm -hmm. so, but but, uh, but I was able to get some type of uh, resolution. And then once I uh, got a basic understanding as a trainer, I was just able to t read books and take lectures and mm -hmm. do meditation and do courses and you know, I think my girlfriend at the time was into uh, Marion Williamson, uh, Course of Miracles. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I started doing stuff like that and doing some work introspectively. And, uh -huh. uh, and it came to a lot of conclusions about, you know, but uh, it's definitely still a work in progress, you know, as everybody yeah. else is. You know, we're all, uh, yeah. we're all in it together trying to figure yeah. it out, you know. But, uh, uh, yeah, like I said, my thing is recognition. 
and yeah. then actually being able not to let it impede me in my not other to let it uh, you. yeah yeah and activities based on your um you know your knowledge now i know we talk a lot about physical health kind of quite different to mental health quite different to brain health but they're all very much for me it interconnected um as we said at the beginning because our brain actually runs everything our brain is responsible for making sure our body functions because mm -hmm. we're the right. ones that decide <laughs> decide whether we want to do exercise or not you know that's the first mm -hmm. thing that happens isn't it um so on your journey to becoming a a fitness instructor what did you notice from uh, a brain health perspective that you didn't maybe learn from a fit from a physical fitness perspective that became important for your clients uh to learn that the uh body is the vessel that houses their brain so in order to have brain health to begin with you have to have a certain level of uh <laughs> physical health physical health yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that was the that's something i really try to convey to my clients one and then two i try to convey to them that you know the the working out you know people mistake it for being a superficial pursuit but you know initially the martial artists you know the monks created martial arts so that the monks wouldn't fall asleep during their meditations they right. could physically hold their body up because they were meditating yeah. so long so they had to okay. practice to be able to strengthen their core and as above so below their physical yeah. antenna as well as get the spiritual energy and and that's what i try to get into people so it's not about looking better per se it's not there's nothing wrong with you you have to fix yeah because a lot of people have the resentment because of the way fitness is presented you're just trying to get your hone your instrument so you can transmit and receive better yeah and longer yeah i so love that 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 enables you to make money you know because you're working out you have more stamina you're making more impact now now if there is social wellness so if you're if you happen to look better because you're working out and you walk into a meeting and you're able to facilitate you getting a deal because you convey more confidence with your appearance that's yeah. a, that, that's an extra yeah exactly that's an extra exactly that's a given but that's that shouldn't be the focal point and i think uh fitness a lot of times fails uh uh with separating the two and it turns people yeah. off yeah, I, I agree. And, I, you know, for me, when I start my journey on brain on brain health itself is I, I was really frustrated when I was in the corporate world. Um, nothing to do with fitness, but my fitness was rock bottom. And I, you know, I, I used to be a, well, I am a, a, a military ski instructor and mountain leader. And I, I completely wow. didn't do all the training. You know, I, I got the tick in the box but I wasn't doing the training to sustain it. Um, and the corporate work that I was doing um, was n not allow, or I, I wasn't allowing myself the time to do the, the physical exercise that was necessary to sustain my mind. Well, and and the long, yeah, and it happens a lot, yeah, because people get, uh, you know, for me, I got so sucked into having to work crazy hours that mm -hmm. everything else fell over you know you always drop the personal self-care don't you tend to do that um when you don't understand the importance of physical fitness and training and i know yeah. for me now personally i have to do fitness every day in order to manage my my my, my, right. 
my brain health yeah yeah and um the thing that came to me is that you know when we look when we talk about ourselves just as a holistic or, or integrated perspective is there's like five pillars is how we're feeling um which is the first one our actions which is includes our behaviors that you talked about our fitness our work routines and all of that kind of thing the connections that we have to others and also to ourselves our self-worth our values and beliefs our mm -hmm. thoughts that we're listening to and also surroundings that we're in and our surroundings influence us as well so if you're thinking about if thinking about all those five pillars feelings actions connections thoughts and surroundings which which ones for you uh, do you notice people tend to pay the least attention to uh, when they're focusing on their fitness so if if they're because fitness focuses very much on your physical well-being I know right. you do so much more than that uh, from the work that you do so uh, when people get very dialed in on just the actions that are necessary for them to to get fit what what do you find people sometimes do you notice people sometimes miss the mental training as well as the physical training what do you yeah, notice I people think, uh, i think uh sometimes it does i think depending on the project that i've dealt with in the past mm -hmm. like you know um i've had to get people you know i've made my living since you know like getting d'angelo in shape for the untitled video or mm -hmm. training a, a celebrity for a gown wearing in the cons film festival where i mm -hmm. have to get them in a great amount of shape in a very short amount of time mm -hmm. so you know i think a lot of times uh i haven't taught it as a lifestyle but more done it as a job because you know we both sure. have something on the line to, uh, exactly to, to gig. but i think a lot of it, it it varies from client to client i think a lot of times people are not present when they're when they're working out oh, you know like once it, really to, once it starts to burn to a certain level they start to disassociate and run away when that's uh -huh. when you're recruiting all the muscle fiber and you can go further yeah 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 the whole thing is you're supposed to take that limitation and realize it's self-induced it. it's only in your mind and then yeah get that lesson and apply it to other areas of your life yeah so yeah you're able to realize be present through the whole experience and not start to disassociate and let your form sway and yeah start thinking about other stuff when it starts to get hard you don't yeah. really get that get that benefit to convey into your other areas of your life yeah so yeah. It, it varies from time to time i think surrounding same thing you start to internalize you know, yeah like, you're running with a client through Central Park and because we're going uphill, because, you know, once you get down to the uh, the Upper West Side, it's all uphill. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get back to uh, Tavern on the Green and, you know, it's three or four, uh, maybe three three plus miles uphill. Yeah. And, and they start forgetting about how beautiful it is out there. They stop connecting. Yeah. Their bodies are tight. They stop breathing and they don't get the experience. You know, like you're in nature, you're running with beauty. We're in New York City. Yeah. You know, the only place where there's no cars <laughs> yeah. right now and, yeah. and really, you know, because they, they zoned out of the moment because, uh, you know, uh, human beings are so much pain avoidance and sometimes that's not the best thing, you know, you no. do like things out of pain avoidance. We, can we used to have pain. a, yeah, we used to have a saying in the military, what, for one of the things that we do is no pain, no gain, right, which, right. Is, which isn't always that healthy, but no, no, it no. helps you get through the barrier of right of the exactly. pain and move forward so it, it varies with client to client you know but uh surroundings all of that all of it i think stems from people trying to get away from 
trying to escape something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the pain. yeah. During the, yeah. the session, right. So how do you, how do you, so we have like, we talk about the comfort zone, uh, the learning zone and the, and the danger zone from a training perspective where people often sit in their comfort zone, don't they? They don't go beyond the bound. They don't push their limits to stretch themselves and understand what they're truly capable of physically, mentally, emotionally and spiritually. What what do you what is it that you do that really helps people push themselves past that pain barrier? Because we all there's always a wall, isn't there? Uh, on anything right, right. that you're doing that's endurance you know you're going to hit a wall I mean I had this when I was teaching people kayaking years ago just tiny kids is that uh that we did a 70 mile kayaking event uh, and they were only 10 um and they had to do it in a day and you knew that they were going to hit a wall at some point but you had to push them push them through it what what, what is it that you do what is it that you do for your clients how do you a lot of different, a lot of different techniques. I mean, you know, I, I, one is you got to have your sense of humor, right? Okay, you know, that's very key. And, and then, and then two is, um, is is exposure, right? Like for example, I'll I'll give you an example. I use both of those at the same time. I I usually tell my clients, maybe by the first or second session, I'm like, listen, if you throw if you throw up, don't wipe your mouth until you finish the set. All right, very important. Ah. And I say it to them dead serious, right? They don't know if I'm la if I'm joking. They <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm joking or not. And then I might repeat that every day for like a month or so. And as they're getting in better and better shape, I'll ask them, I say, hey, what, what, how did you feel the first time I said that to you? He goes, I didn't know whether you were joking or not. He goes, and I said, how do you feel now? He goes, and like, man, that's, that's nothing to me. Because I made light of the intensity of the working out and I kept giving them the worst case scenario. So after a while, I hear it every day. <laughs> It it really, you know, it, yeah, yeah, it became nothing to them. So that, that's a thing yeah. that I use a lot at, at, at the same time. You know, and what would you thing, go on? No, and, and another one is that I just explained to them that you know you have to push you 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 recruit muscle fibers, right? This is the science of muscle muscle fiber recruitment. Mm -hmm. right? You do it ten reps, right? The reason you do ten reps is because somebody estimated by eight or nine or ten you get to the point where your body sends a signal to your brain or your brain registers and sends a signal to your body to create more muscle or to strengthen mm -hmm. that muscle because you're recruiting a certain percentage of your muscle fiber. 85 mm -hmm. to 90% gets your brain to send that signal. So mm -hmm. you have to be pushing <laughs> 85 to 95% to recruit that muscle to get the brain uh, to signal. And once I explain it to the person, we're not just here to induce pain in you. You know, it's a scientific approach that it's how you, you need muscle. to do it. You need and to do the work. Adaptation and I rationalize mm -hmm. it with them. Then they're like, okay, now I understand why you're pushing me. So a lot of times trainers don't explain it to the client. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you explain it to most people and it's only going to make them better and it's only beneficial. And I'm like, listen, when do you take an hour out to just enhance yourself straight during your day? This, this is your time. Yeah. Exactly. You know, let's go for it. When does anybody have an hour to, to you know, and then they're like, yeah. To really right. focus. Yeah, to really focus on themselves yeah. and you're paying somebody. So they're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I loved having a personal trainer because it, it really motivates you to to get to that next level, doesn't it? Because you, you got you've got this commitment to an external source that right. <laughs> you yeah. can't break. You're supposed, to take, you're supposed to take your client somewhere. Like, I try to take my client somewhere so that when they're training by themselves, they have a reference point. Like, okay, I know yeah. how hard I've, 
I'm supposed to be pushing it or what yeah. sequence I'm supposed to be doing the exercises in or how much I'm supposed to be resting between sets. You know, you have yeah. a reference point because you really did it. Yeah, you know, so I try exactly. to make each client is like the uh, celebrity client to me and I'm trying to get them red carpet ready. <laughs> and what what would you say uh, has been your hardest challenge that you've had to endure so far? What's been the really most difficult thing that you've had to deal with? Mm, I've had some clients pass away. Oh, really? Uh, okay. Yeah, I've had some clients pass away, 30 years of training people. I've had a few wow. that were tough to deal with that are, that are really connected with some because they got back out of shape after the, you know, uh, lifestyle. Yeah, so lifestyle really, shift. It's really disappointing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, uh, um, yeah, I think that's a big, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. that's, that's probably the biggest one. Um, I, um, for you, obviously, for you mentally, that's obviously a real challenge. How did you overcome that? experience when you when that happened to you um you feel what, what like mechanism you are, did you I, use? I felt bad you know i felt like I, I i didn't teach them properly or i failed them uh -huh. somehow you, know, you always feel like uh -huh. you're responsible or you should have emailed them more or made sure they were on their yeah. diet you know and uh all yeah that. So, you know you just have to in your head you know understand you know, ultimately, it's the person's decision. You can only do the best Their you can. Responsibility, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a personal responsibility. It's a lifestyle choice. Uh, and for you, from an endurance perspective, so you know, from all the training uh, and the challenges you've put on yourself personally, what's been the hardest challenge or or goal that you've set for yourself, uh, mentally or physically? Uh, what's been the I'm hardest trying thing to fight you've right now? I'm trying to get into or a boxing at 51. Oh, wow. I'm just an amateur, yeah. So I got some coaches and they busted me up and I'm uh -huh. sparring young guys half my age. And uh, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's interesting. Okay. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so you really need to look after your brain health from that perspective because boxing is not good for your brain. Yeah, well, you know, amateur stuff, you got the headgear on. Okay. Yeah. Still. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got the headgear on. Sure so and, and, and real big gloves. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah, so look after your brain. It's yeah, really important. Make sure you take and, and your own head, head movement going too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what's your what's your goal on that one? What's what's the driver behind becoming a, a boxer? Oh uh, well, you know, I, I have the uh, athletic skills. You know, I only have one trophy, uh, which is running the uh, New York City Marathon with Diddy. We ran, uh, we ran yeah. for the public school system. I read uh, about that. Community. Yeah, uh, and I, I wanted to get a trophy. Like I have no athletic endeavors <laughs> under my belt, although I've been doing uh, sports for the last you know thirty years. So I just wanted to get a trophy before I got too old. Okay. And I said, you know. Let me take a crack at it. I'm 51, but I figure, you know, at least you get a trophy for, for participating. I may not win. Yeah. Well, it's never too late, is it? <laughs> but I, but I guess it's never too late. So I'm going to have fun. But yeah, but, I, but I picked, um, I'm terrible on the ground. So I wanted to do something that I wasn't good at. Uh, like, okay. So Jiu-Jitsu was a big part of uh, MMA. So I, I started yeah. doing some Jiu-Jitsu. Great. And um, that was an uh, 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 interesting experience to be a novice again doing something. And uh, I uh -huh. just wanted to be... I wanted to have a real experience where the person was really coming after me and I was really coming yeah. after them and to see what I would do in the situation. Uh-huh. Yeah. And yeah. So, so I got into so sparring for the first time, uh, you know, a couple months ago. Uh, you know, and then, did you say it's for jitsu or that you're doing well, boxing? Well, I'm sparring boxing. I, during, okay. I, I, was, I was doing MMA first and then okay. the pandemic came out. 
you know, and uh, the jujitsu was a little bit too close, I thought, for transforming. Yeah, okay. So once the pandemic started again, I just started boxing. So I haven't went back oh, to jujitsu okay, yet. So, so now, now I'm back. Now I'm on boxing, but I'm, eventually I'm going to get back to uh, the grappling because that's really interesting. Oh, okay. So what's your goal with the boxing? Uh, do you know what you're oh, yeah, going to enter I'm competition? To yeah, I try to do a master's fight or amateur fight. Now just see what happens. See how I react under pressure. See if I freeze. Uh -huh. Just very. Just, I'm just very curious to see what's going to happen under that type of, like in yeah. a real fight, other than sparring. You know. So I'm yeah, curious. and it's becoming very popular boxing as well, isn't it? Yes, yeah, becoming very popular because you can just get yeah. to test what you're, see what you're made of in a in a martial artist environment and uh yeah un unlike the uh muay thai you know you don't have to have as much skill because it's only using two limbs out of eight yeah you know? okay so so people are more you can gravitate to a little bit more easier uh -huh. they're more accessible to train at so you know it's um it's fun it's fun it's fun and but it's, it's scary too yeah i'm sure it is that's <laughs> not something i would pick to do i did taekwondo <laughs> i did taekwondo so for jujitsu okay, what yeah, so jiu-jitsu. Gosh, I got hurt myself so much with taekwondo. Jiu-jitsu. Um, where's your goal on that? What? What? How are you going to incorporate that into into well, what you you already I, do it, I, don't you? I think it's the most cerebral thing I've ever done. I'm not very good at all, so I okay. don't want anybody out there to get <laughs> get the wrong idea. You gotta be you gotta be three or four moves ahead of your opponent. So it's really about yeah. thinking to be yeah. able to counter the chokes or whatever as you're getting choked and as you're getting tired because your muscles are pumping with lactic acid because you're, it's very yeah. a lot of yeah, oxygen deficits a lot of different factors whether you're going to honestly tap out can you actually hold out a little bit longer are you going to try to get out of the move or are you just going to tap out before and, and give up before you even try like yeah it's very uh it was very um i i discovered a lot a lot about myself uh-huh uh and where are you at on in terms of levels now what's your goal to get to Oh, I'm just having fun. I'm super white belt right now. I'm, I, I might be negative white belt and all of that. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if there's such a thing, <laughs> I got to green belt on Taekwondo, I'm white but, belt, but, I'm, but I'm, having, uh, I'm having a good time. It, it would be nice to be able to, you know, to get some type of belt, but I just want yeah. to be able to get a functional skill to be able to, you know, work with somebody. We'll see what happens. You know, they make yeah, you earn it. You know, <laughs> you got to put years in to get belts. You know, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> But I would, like, so, I would like to get a good level of mastery in jiu-jitsu, though. That'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm curious. Um, you, you've obviously gone beyond the fitness uh, aspect in terms of helping people where you focus on people's nutrition, which is obviously massively important for uh, your brain health as well as your whole body health. What what pushed you into in the into the nutritional space uh, and the importance of food? I know, obviously, from your past, that you, 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 you were on the wrong side of healthy, healthy food. Yeah. Well, well, once, well I, um, once I got out the military, you know, I, uh -huh. I was 250 pounds, but you know, I drank so much in there. You know, I never had a six pack. I was always bloated. And oh, what well, in terms a, of alcohol, you mean? Yeah, alcohol. Once I became, okay. I never had a six pack abs because I was always drinking. Okay. And, okay. Um, I, I wanted to get a six pack. And yeah, you're right. That can go either way. Six pack of beer or six pack. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. Now. But um, but yeah, I wanted. I said, man, I'm a trainer now. You got to have abs. So I I stopped drinking. And, have you stopped uh, completely, or do you still? Yeah, yeah, I stopped completely when I was in the military. Wow. Uh, uh, since wow. then, yeah, maybe once in a, once in a blue, I might have a drink. Yeah. But 
I stopped completely because it really alcohol really and for me like some people have different types of sensitivity it really impairs yeah. my performance the next day yeah i'm yeah. so dehydrated i can't run i get the hangover yeah. it just doesn't yeah. agree with me yeah you know so um i'm few and far between with the drinks okay and um yeah yeah so you know i stopped drinking i was training a doctor at the time uh -huh. and i was talking to him about you know getting people transformed and how important you know I had on the line with this job and you know get me out the projects and this that and the other mm -hmm. he was like man you should have you analyze their blood mm -hmm. you know so we can see what they're deficient in so we can really you know get the person in an anabolic state so when you train them they respond faster so i, I mm -hmm. think i started i might have been one of the first trainers maybe not the one of the first but one of the first with celebrities mm -hmm. to start uh, doing blood work analysis in the early mm -hmm. 90s mm -hmm. yeah wow and, and um you know so that gave me you know because i was training people um who would take time out to mentor me. And I'm always very thankful and, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, appreciative, you know, like I used mm -hmm. to, you know, I'd send my uh, papers I wrote to Johnny Cochran and he'd have them corrected for me next morning and training him. <laughs> like, who's gonna do, how can you get that happening? He goes, Mark, uh, you didn't really say that right. Or I understand what you're saying, but you should do A, B, C, and D. <laughs> who has access to that? Like, you know, so I'm really very thankful to the people who, you know, they saw that I was hungry and took me under their wing and, and, and gave me an opportunity. Like, just like the guy who said, hey man, I'm gonna get you some therapy. He, probably, he was like, man, this guy's coming out the military, he's 250 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was thinking the guy who, uh, who I was training, he was like, you know, it's probably better off to get him into some therapy. You yeah. Know, very thankful to him. So people like that yeah. who uh, stopped and helped me along the way, uh, you know, and I try to give back to the youth and kids. And, and, and that's what big part of me being on this podcast now is to get people inspired and tell you that you can actually use uh health and wellness as an anchor to change your life to jumpstart absolutely yeah and i think yeah. you know for me that was the the big shifter for me was realizing that my my uh state of health i put on um a lot of weight what 27 pounds or more overweight i mean it was it wasn't a huge amount compared to some people but it was enough to massively reduce my self-esteem and how I felt about myself and and I was in a depressive state and actually the big focus I set for myself was to become the fittest I've ever been um as part of my journey and um and I lost 27 pounds in wow. in seven months with not I didn't set a goal you know I, I didn't set a goal to lose weight I just set a goal to get fitter and mm -hmm. focused on my fitness first then focused on my nutrition uh obviously cutting down the alcohol and um and obviously and within that period of time when i was absolutely at my optimal weight uh that uh, and i really dialed in on my brain health that's when i fell pregnant um which I, oh, wow. which is yeah which is what i wanted to do and i and the start of the depressive state was having a miscarriage so it you know, for me, I, I absolutely 100% uh, behind you on the importance of us recognizing how powerful physical fitness is in, in our overall well-being, particularly, you know, brain health, mental health. Yep, but I can tell you're pretty tough, Dr. Rudy. Uh, <laughs> I can tell. Yeah, but there's, I'm a bit of an armadillo. It's hard on the outside and soft and squishy in the middle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but but, just from the little bit that you told me already, you, you're skiing. Yeah. Right? You're active. That's pretty, that's pretty risky sport, huh? 
in yeah, your Yeah, it is risky, yeah. and it definitely hasn't helped my brain health for sure. Do a few too many accidents, but no, I mean it. I think you've got to do what's what fires you up, haven't you? You know, right? You it, do. You do. You've got to do something that that motivates you, that that lights that fire inside of you, and um, and that for me is is more extreme sports that um, maybe aren't necessarily the healthiest. Uh, that that healthy, but then right. that you know from a military, that's it's come from being in the military. So, but for but for you, I'm I'm kind of curious um, to to understand. How did the, you know, how did that, because I do blood work with my clients as well, and I think it's vitally important. How, how did that shift it for you when you were working with your uh, clients and you you, oh, you man, added in was, there? It was amazing. I mean, you know, this guy was like, you know, so good. And, you know, me being so young and um, not knowing anything about it, you know, I'd literally yeah. seen him, you know, look at the blood work and, you know, we'd be in the room with the client and be like, listen, you know, can Mark be here? You know, cause it's your medical records. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, it's fine, you know? Yeah. And then um, the person, the doctor would be like, listen, you know, looks like you've been, uh, you suffered some type of molestation. Your body stops secreting this hormone. And you see, you know, you yeah. have some serious trauma and the person just start crying. But wow. It was amazing. Wow. You can get that type of information off of a, yeah. off of wow. a blood work read. You know what I mean? And I see yeah, that is eyes, amazing. Like, wow. So, you yeah, know, uh, it, it's something that I encourage uh, everybody to do is to get their blood work done, yeah. especially if you're supplementing, you know, because then yeah. you can see if the supplement works, even if you're taking exactly. a multivitamin, your, yeah. your C level should be up if you're taking that multivitamin every week than it was prior to starting. So you can quantify the expense. Yeah. Don't you want to know yeah. if your supplements are working, like uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're absorbing the supplementation. So just on yeah. that level. And also, you know, with the intensity of your workouts, if your seriatic yeah. protein is sky high and your cortisol levels are sky high, it doesn't matter yeah. how hard I train you, you're not going to respond. You have to you know, yeah. deal with that. What's, bring it down. Out? What's, what's bringing you into that fight or flight situation? So then you can actually benefit from the workout and not have the workout increase your fat increase it. Because it, yeah. 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 So all of that stuff is, is super essential. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's very much overlooked, isn't it? Quite often, it's very much they... overlooked, and um, you know, a lot of trainers, are the good ones, you know, because a lot of clients are leery, you know. And the thing is that people don't want to spend money on themselves; they like to spend money on material objects. So, you know, they don't mind spending for a vacation or a liposuction procedure that costs the same, mm -hmm. or whatever, or a car. But to ask them to spend money to train themselves and it's not tangible, the benefits, it's it's a disconnect. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people, you know, they, when it comes time to pay for blood work or they invest in themselves to pay for it, they don't want to do it. Mm. And it's like, yeah. it's only for benefit for you. But a good trainer, you'll be able, based off of the, uh, and it takes years of, uh, you know, maybe decades of experience to do that, just based on the conversation you have with your clients, you know, not even the health history, because sometimes they forget things. <laughs> yeah, they history, do. You know, you know, and, uh, you know. You just, you know <laughs> we have to ask the question lots of times right, in different ways. During the ways. conversation, you you you're able to gauge your client's stress level, how many hours they're sleeping per night, how many meals yeah. they're getting per day, their general outlook, if they're happy at their work. Then you can kind of key in what, what kind of stress levels they're under. Yeah. And then you can find out what they're doing. Oh, do you meditate? Do you do yoga as well? Yeah. No, no I don't do. You know, I'm just yeah, working right that? now, I'm trying to get. You know, so then, then you can pretty much 
okay, I know I have to start out slow with this person. They seem like they're yeah. on a high level of stress and haven't worked out in a while. And let me give them uh, supplementation to deal with their uh, inflammatory, their uh, probiotics to deal with their, uh, their gut uh, health and, and gut health. Yeah. So they're absorbing and stuff like that, that really gets uh, shot out of whack when your cortisol is high and everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Absolutely. You, kinda, you know, you can kind of mitigate, but of course you would rather look at the data and then make it, you know, that's the most educated decision. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, when I start, you know, although I said I was military instructor, I had no clue about food, the importance of food and diet and supplementation from a physical health perspective. Um, even though I'd, you know, trained as a kayak instructor, a ski instructor, a mountain leader, it just didn't even cross my mind because I was fit, uh, you know, as young and fit and healthy right. in my in my mind. Um, and it, it, it didn't seem necessary, you know, I'd still drink and, but I never really fully appreciated how I was undermining my performance by yeah. those bad habits. Because if you're great, if you're performing great, then sometimes people dismiss, don't they, right. how much better they can perform. And how much longer they, they can perform greater as well. Exactly, exactly. And, what well, you see it in professional sports all the time. You see the athletes that have the twenty-year career. Then you see the athletes. Then man, they will. They just won that fight. Now they're no good anymore. What happened? You know. And oftentimes, yeah. you know, it's years of not of, of uh, not doing foundational work. And foundational yeah. nutritional work is uh is vital. Yeah, and I think it is vital. I totally agree. And I always find it quite shocking when uh you you join a you join a community of fitness professionals and. Uh, and it, it, with it comes the, uh, especially um, from military background, comes the tendency to want to have a lot of drink. Rowing mm -hmm. is a classic, just as a general sport. You know, from my uni days, is it, you always had alcohol was always involved in the, oh yeah, in the, of course, in the in the in the sporting world, and yep. and you don't appreciate how much it absolutely diminishes your your overall yeah. performance. Uh, and obviously your ability to think clearly. Very so, estrogenic alcohol, extremely estrogenic. Yeah, yeah. So based on your, um, you know, your experience that you, you've had over the course of your life, and you mentioned that you love helping kids. Could you tell tell me what how you've leveraged your experience to to help kids? I always try to wherever I'm at or wherever I'm living. Like, you know, when I was in uh, London, actually, I went to the jails there and uh, we trained oh, some wow. youth in, in the jails. And, um, you know, everywhere I'm at, I try to partner with the uh, United Way in uh, Washington, D.C. in the middle school uh -huh. program and get them in shape. I'm here in L.A. now uh, working with some different organizations here. But I always try wow. to get in something with the youth and, um, you know, yeah. talk about, you know, living your dream right now because i get to stay in shape and i get paid for it and i get to talk to other people inspire about that you know so I, my job yeah. i know a lot of people especially with the pandemic you know they're depressed now because they realize that they're working at a job spending all this time at a job that they hate or maybe yeah. it's not beneficial to people you know so i feel yeah. you know so so uh, compelled to share the message that you can actually make money doing something you love that is beneficial for people absolutely you know, absolutely and, and, and that that message is best shared with the youth <laughs> yeah <laughs> because they're leaders of the future so you know that's why absolutely I, I, I get, 
you know, so I get that message out. I, I name drop with the kids. I said, yeah, yeah, I train A, B, C, and D. And this is why they take care of their bodies because it makes them more successful. And yeah. then it resonates with the kids, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I just I'm, put it in a way they can understand it because they're not, they're not old enough to be feeling physically ill yet. You know, so no, because you think you're invincible, don't you? Well, yeah. Hmm? <laughs> you kind of think when you're a kid, you think you're invincible. Yeah, you think you're invincible, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. based on all of the story, your journey through life, and and yeah. and your experience on, you know, taking back control of your mental health as well as your physical health, and really leverage, you know, leveling up to not only for yourself but really to help help your clients as well what would be the one piece of advice that you would give somebody who is struggling with their weight uh and and feeling like they're they're slipping into depression or they're they're showing the signs of depression what one piece of advice would you would you give them uh, one piece of advice i would give them is to try to understand why you're, you're, you're heavy in weight. Is it because you don't uh -huh. have enough knowledge about exercise and fitness? Uh -huh. You don't have any motivation, you need a plan? Or is it because you're using food to soothe yourself from some trauma uh -huh. that you've experienced? You have some type of food addiction or, or you're eating out of depression? Try to recognize what it is because once you recognize what it is, then you can you know mitigate what to do. But you know a lot of times, and I've had clients, you know they come to me saying that they want to train and transform their bodies and i'm like listen i think your money would be better served getting into therapy because from what i'm getting from you it's more of a mental thing than me training you which is going to be a short term yeah. solution yeah you know and they're like, man i really appreciate that and I, you know i give them their money back so a lot of times we have the right intentions when it comes to getting in shape and then you know you you, you, you it's a mental problem or issue that you're not addressing but then you start jumping on diets and fads and getting more depressed because it's not working for you and then yeah you know doing more extreme and then you end up having an eating disorder and all of that so the biggest thing i would tell you is try to recognize why isn't you're in shape is it because yeah. your your crew your team around you does not is all eating oreos yeah. you, need to, you need to change <laughs> your, your circle. social circle right is it your social circle <laughs> is it is it is it you have a deeper problem or underlying issue is it the eating yeah. fix is it a more intensive fix? And then once you assess, you know, uh, then then you can figure out what the move is. Yeah. So understand your why, really, from a right. brain health perspective. And, and to be honest with yourself. Yeah. I think that's so key. I've heard that from so many people is that the importance of being honest with what the problem is and honest with you personally is is key to to being able to really unchain your pain, isn't it? Because if you're not honest, yeah. you're not going to get to the root clients. cause. I, said, I, I tell them, I said, <laughs> you and me, we have to be like this. I said, you have trainer client confidentiality, but you cannot bullshit me. You can bullshit everybody else because if I give you a diet with a certain amount of numbers and calories on it, and yeah. I ask you the next week and we weigh in and nothing's happened, I know you didn't follow it. So when I ask yeah. you, I expect <laughs> you to tell me what you ate. Let's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> not do... I got to tell my client, and you know, and, and these are high level, you know, Fortune 500. Yeah, I said, yeah. Please, I said, I can't win if you lawyer me. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not on your level. You, you know, you're a big time yeah. lawyer. Please, you can't lawyer me. Just tell me. Tell me the truth. <laughs> well, yeah, the truth. What know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So that's the biggest thing with all of these things, because I'm the, I, I guess I'm the, um, 
the uh, exercise therapist. Like some people are the, the mental <laughs> therapist, you know. So I gotta go through, you know, you gotta do the confession, <laughs> what happened, what this, that, and the other. So, you know, I gotta just tell me what happened so then we can do some damage, especially if you gotta get on stage or TV, guys. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. So then I can do I some damage that. control and mitigate what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, know your why. Be honest with yourself. And be honest with will... yourself. Yeah, keep yeah. it one hundred. Yeah. So, if not so to no one else, yourself. To yourself, so important. And so, how can people uh, <laughs> get hold of you uh, if they want to connect with you or find out more about what you do? How can people get hold of you? Uh, my website is uh, markjenkinsfitness.com. But if you got a question, you know, you like the show, you got a comment, um, <laughs> mark at markjenkinsfitness.com. Hit me up. Um, I'll be more than happy to answer any of your comments. And on Instagram, I am the T-H-E-M-A-R-K Jenkins, the Mark Jenkins. And make sure you go there because your site's great. I, I just love your Instagram account and oh, your and you. your thank website. You so much. And uh, yeah, it's really good. So make sure you go visit Mark and and you gotta and connect, connect when i get to uh connect to you gotta get one yeah in. definitely maybe we'll go for a workout in Hyde park or something but you know i've never skied before haven't you i've never in my whole life yeah. oh well yeah. we may i mean maybe maybe the uk isn't the place to do it but we do have indoor ski ski zones in the uk oh, really? that we could yeah. go to wow, yeah. yeah yeah you, we cool. could do that yeah yeah definitely well, but thank you so much for having me i appreciate uh, it Thank you so much, Mark. It's been an absolute pleasure. And, you know, as remember, this is the show is Brain Health Unchain Your Pain. You are not stuck with the brain you have. You have the power to make it better. I hope you enjoyed this show. It's been a real pleasure, Mark, talking to you. Uh, I look forward to connecting with you soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there.